You're listening to a Fit Plus Love production. You can do this. It's too hard. They're they're better than you. You got to slow down. You're never going to make it to the finish. You, you know, you have to back off or slow down or you know, whatever. Everyone has those voices that creep into their head. But it's a matter of just it's not if you have adversity or if you have pain or if you have difficulty in your life and that is going to happen like that part's a guarantee and when you sign up to do the race you know it's going to be hard you know your legs and your lungs your whole body's going to be screaming at you like that is what you signed up to do and so when it happens like you can't be surprised or and you don't want to push it away or you know reject it you want to embrace it that was colleen quigley aka steeple squigs this is marnie salop Thanks for tuning into my podcast, Marnie on the Move. Each week, I will be inviting interesting, innovative movers and shakers to join me on the show and share their story. You will discover and hear from thought leaders, experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs from the worlds of wellness, sports, beauty, fitness, fashion, and more. Marnie on the Move will feature an eclectic mix of people I know, work with, and think are generally doing cool things. On each episode, I sync up with my guests about life, career, and training, and showcase their expertise and story. Hi, and welcome. Welcome back. Hope you are staying healthy, fit, and well. It's almost August. Time for our big summer newsletter. Are you signed up yet? It's going to be a good one. P.S. This is my first intro recording in my new home studio. We moved. Still in New York City, but a totally different locale. I honestly think this move was harder than any triathlon I've ever done. I am so exhausted and exhilarated from a marathon, amazing race style packing scenario. I'm still waiting for all my podcast studio setup and equipment to arrive. So literally, I'm sitting on the floor of my closet, surrounded by clothing, and reading this intro. Sage voiceover wisdom from my friend, Andia Winslow, the voiceover superstar. Shout out to my sponsors, Mad Ritual CBD. I'll tell you more about them later. Speaking of shout outs, next time you're listening to the Marnie on the Move podcast, share a screenshot of the episode that you're listening to on your Insta stories. Search the Jiffy area, type in Marnie on the Move, and we have GIFs. They will all pop up. Use it when you tag us with our handle and hashtag. I love stickers. FYI, so you can be expecting many, many more. On another note, have you heard our new Flashback Friday series? I'm bringing back guests from the archives, blasts from our past, just in case you haven't listened to all 130 episodes. July and August are all about our favorite health and wellness founders and guests. Every Friday, I'll be bringing you another episode. If you like what you hear, leave us a review on Apple. It's easy. Open your podcast app, scroll through the Marnie on the Move episodes, click on five stars, and click on write a review. Fill in the topic and then share what you love in the body of the review. Click on send. These reviews are so important for the show. DM or email me if you have questions at MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com. And if you're on Zwift, follow me, Marnie on the Move. I'll be leading some rides and meetups in coming weeks. I also started a triathlon and running club on Strava, Team MOTM. Okay, now on to today's guest, Colleen Quigley, also known as Steeple Squigs. 
Colleen Quigley is a 2016 Olympian, an NCAA champion, and world-renowned runner. She is a member of the Bowerman Track Club and is a Nike-sponsored athlete. Born into a family of runners, Colleen wasn't always on the Olympic track. She grew up loving dance and modeled professionally throughout her high school years. But in her senior year of high school, she caught the running bug. In her freshman year of college at Florida State University, she really clicked into the sport and her talent for steeplechase blossomed. The rest is history. In today's conversation on the Marnie on the Move podcast, we sync up about Colleen's road to running and the Olympics, her quick pivot during COVID times, how she is now training for Tokyo 2021, the Bowerman Track Club High School Summer Camp Program, the One Million Miles for Justice Initiative, the strategies and toolbox she employs for recovery and rehab, her secrets for running success, the movement she started with Fast Braid Friday, and her dog, Pi. Get ready to be inspired, have fun, and start running. Today's episode is fueled by Mad Ritual CBD. Mad Ritual CBD has changed my recovery game in a really big way. Get ready to recover like a rebel with these awesome, high-quality, CBD-infused products. Their CBD balm is off the charts amazing. And I'm not the only one that thinks so. Mad Ritual has 100-plus five-star reviews. The balms have five simple organic ingredients, coconut oil, shea butter, olive oil, plant wax, CBD, and different blends of essential oils. Personally, I prefer the eucalyptus and peppermint. They also offer a terrific CBD-infused total recovery supplement. Not just for athletes, the products are formulated to ease all of the aches and pains that come along with being an active human. So, if you are sore from life, Mad Ritual gets it. Founded by women athletes and active entrepreneurs, they are committed to helping active folks bring more balance to their lives. Mad Ritual is offering Marnie on the Move listeners 15% off. Head over to their website, madritual.com, and use the code Marnie on the Move. Now, on to the episode. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I know you're super busy with this awesome new Bowerman Track Club <laughs> high school program that you launched. Yeah. It's so cool. Tell me about it. Yeah, we have, gosh, I think it's 240 athletes that are in high school. They're from 40 different states and eight different countries. And it's a month long virtual training camp. So we're giving them training, but we're also trying to like give them this team aspect where they have, we have teams of around 15 people to a team with a pro athlete, a VTC pro athlete, and either a college counselor, college kid who's being a camp counselor, or one of our VTC elite runners. So there's two, two coaches for each group and around 15 athletes for each group. So they're, they're broken out into manageable size groups. And yeah, trying to provide these kids with like, a team aspect, you know, not, it's more than just the training. Right. It's like the Um, sense of community and the accountability. Yeah. Yeah. So some of them are still doing training from their coach, their high school coach sends them summer training or whatever. And so they can still do that um, if they want to and still be part of our group, um, which is kind of cool. I saw when Gwen Jorgensen posted about it, 
back this summer and it was almost like perfect timing because so many kids around the globe, their camps were canceled. So this was, and also there, all the high school college sports have been canceled. So this is really an awesome thing that you guys are doing. It's good timing. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Do you think you'll continue the programs in the fall? We'll have to see. We usually have a UTC youth camp in the fall. It's for young kids, for like grade school kids, for cross country. And it's it's a whole season. Of, it's not even a camp. It's a whole cross country season in the fall. And they go to like youth USA youth nationals and, you know, the whole thing. But I just I don't know if that's going to happen this year. We haven't heard yet. There hasn't been a decision made on on that. And so we're thinking if not, then maybe we'll you know, do a virtual thing. We kind of already have this whole setup, and so maybe we could just kind of implement it like that. So changing times, we're just going to have to see, you know. I mean, everyone's pivoting, and obviously races have been canceled. The Olympics have been canceled. This is what you do for a living, right? Like, this is your job. You're a runner. You're an Olympic athlete, and you need to work. And so I feel like also I know it's a huge part of – your sort of DNA and also the Bowerman Track Club to sort of give back and help and inspire. So perfect. This could be, I don't know, would you ever do it for adults? (laughs) I'm just asking for a friend. (laughs) Yeah, I have no idea. I don't even know if we've, yeah, like talked about it. Let me know if you ever start doing this for adults. Talk to me a little bit about 1 Million Miles for Justice. I know this is also another really great initiative that you're doing with Bowerman Track Club? Yeah, the Civil Rights Race Series um, is the kind of organization that put this on. And I I talked to them about a month ago. I saw that they were doing this fundraiser called One Million Miles for Justice. And it's a virtual, it's not really a race, but it's a virtual challenge. And they're asking people for the whole, for a month from June 15th to, to July 15th. They were asking people to run at least run, bike, swim at least 25 miles and then donate or pledge one dollar per mile they covered. And, you know, you could do it however you want. If you want to dance your 25 miles, you can do that. It's over now. They they just completed it on July 15th. And so, yeah, we thought with the Bowman Track Club, we're trying to find ways that we can give back to the running community and support the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, make a difference with what we're doing in our sport and make it kind of mean more, make it a bigger purpose. And so instead of trying to reinvent the wheel and kind of do a separate thing, we just were like, well, this is already going on. This is something that's already happening that needs more momentum, needs more support. And so we kind of, a few of us decided to throw ourselves into the support of that. And I got some of my sponsors to do giveaways. Hyper Ice generously gave away a pair of the Normatex sleeves and a Hypervolt, the massage gun, to they we just did a giveaway. Anyone who entered was entered to win one of those. And then I gave away some vital proteins, recovery mix, um, collagen recovery mixes, and some TIY hair ties just to kind of sweeten the pot, get people excited right. about it. Um, but yeah, it was a really fun month to keep posting every Friday. I posted about it and reminded people to sign up and then would get people saying, I just logged four more miles, you know, for 1 million miles. And it's a, again, a great way to make community in a time when 
we feel very separate and we can all feel very alone right now when we're not connected to our normal circles. Right. And so anytime I think you can create community around a good cause and support one another, you know, is always a plus. And then all the money uh, was donated to the NAACP. That's great. That's really really good work to support. Yeah, to support black people. Yes, I think it's wonderful. I mean, you know, the timing of everything with COVID has been super challenging. And it's been Mm -hmm. interesting to see. I mean, I wanted to ask you, I'm sure you've been asked this a million times, but in terms of shifting your energy and using it for this, these good causes and to help other people, but also like how have you sort of shifted your goals and pivoted your training with your, with a new focus during these COVID Mm -hmm. times. Yeah. Yeah. So now we have our big goal of the Olympics just moved back a year, Right. but we were trying to still kind of squeak out some sort of season within, within my club here. So we actually went up to park city, Utah at the end of May, which is where we would usually go at that time of the year, we just, you know, we're like, well, we don't know what's going to happen when we come down from altitude. We don't know if there's going to be races or not, or what's going to happen, but we just decided to try and keep things as much the same as possible. So my boyfriend and dog and I drove the car out to Park City and we rented a little Airbnb, a little one bedroom situation, Park City, and did our, you know, did our altitude training there. And came back here six weeks later and now we're doing some intra-squad racing so just within our club luckily we have a ton of really fast people on our team and we can just race each other we know we don't even need other people to make it like a competitive event so yeah now we're doing these intra-squad races I saw you did a relay last night that was like a four by four relay yeah a mixed four by four Yeah, it looks like you're having a lot of fun, like in this, like you made the best out of the moment, right? So, I mean, which as athletes, you know, it might have, I don't know if it was challenging for you in those first weeks, but yeah, you you, you, everybody seems to have rallied. So that's a good thing. Right. Trying to pivot. Yeah, I think it was interesting. I think for me at first, it wasn't so hard because I was like, it's okay. It's okay. Like, we're going to be fine we can do this. I can work out from my living room. Like what's going to be, you know, do my gym from the living room. We, we still have access to a track. We can work out in small groups. You know, I was like not panicking. And then it was interesting because I was at altitude and the week that the U S Olympic trials were supposed to be Mm -hmm. like the week before that, I started to really struggle in like training and just in my kind of my headspace where I was at, I was feeling low. I was feeling like grumpy and I couldn't figure out why. And I was talking to my mom about it. And she was like, well, you know, like, you were supposed to be in Eugene right now for the Olympic trials. And maybe you're just not feeling right, because you're not there. And I was like, Oh, my gosh. And then I just was like, I just wanted to cry. And and I felt like it took me a little longer for the kind of reality of it all to set in. And, you know, it affects different people, it affects people differently and people react to it in different ways. And I saw some of my teammates react really negatively right away. And Mm -hmm. they seemed like they were like hopeless right away. And they were like, started to eat junk food and, you know, kind (laughs) of be like, well, yeah, I know it's kind of funny. You're like, well, you just kind of threw it all away. But then, then they bounced back and, and then they were fine. And I didn't have that initial reaction, but then I had this like delayed effect and so yeah I think it's just interesting and in, in mental health and 
and just being kind to yourself is so important and such a big, big deal for everyone. But especially when you're going through something really challenging, you have to be kind of gentle with yourself and just understanding where you are in that moment and what you need in order to, you know, move on and and be your best self. Do you feel like the relays and the group races that you're doing Mm -hmm. are really boosting the morale now again? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Last night, everyone, and even today, we're still, everyone's still talking about it. Everyone was just beaming. So we did like two 1500s and then we did a 600 race, which was like a weird distance. And then mixed four by fours. We had exactly enough people to do four teams of mixed four by fours with two women and two men on each team. That's so fun. It was super fun. Like we got into it. There was smack talk. We there was strategizing, and it was like, well, yeah, you know, there is some strategy there. Of you know, do you send your do you do girl boy girl boy? Do you do two men and then two women? Do you do two women two men? You know, right? Like, are you gonna set up your team? And no one else knew what anyone else was doing, so we were all kind of trying to figure out what was gonna be the best strategy. It was super super fun. Everyone was just like beaming from ear to ear about it even today that's awesome (laughs) where did running begin for you because you know we're talking about this high school program that you're doing and you have this love and passion for the sport but where did it all begin I started running I did a little bit of grade school track both my parents were runners and so they were the coaches of our grade school track team but I really didn't enjoy it at that age I just it wasn't super fun for me it was super hot you know, and the track meets on a Saturday would last all day. And when you're the coach's daughter, you got to be there all day. And so I just, you know, I wasn't like super into it. But then when I got to high school, I was playing soccer and doing dance. And it wasn't until I got to high school that I was like, um, you know, maybe I should do cross country in order to stay in shape for soccer tryouts in the spring. And so that's where it really started was, okay, I'll do cross country in order to stay in shape for soccer and then right. I just fell in love with running I feel like that's how that, yeah yeah it's so classic like every good runner starts out as a soccer player yes I was just <laughs> about to say that I, I don't know I didn't yeah. see it like I played soccer in high in like when I was a kid in like grade school and also in high school but I I was never a runner I was more on the tennis team but I feel like that was just like culturally like where I was I mean yeah, I love running now. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's and how did you pick your distance and steeplechase? Yeah, it's a unique event. Yeah, <laughs> it is very unique. My college coach saw me running in high school. I never hurdled or steeplechase in high school, but she just saw me running and she was a steeplechaser. And so I think she recognized that in me and recognized that ability. And yeah, she was like, I think you should you should try this. And so she taught me how how to do it. And she brought in another guy, actually, Coach Carrie Long had retired and was living in Tallahassee. So I went to Florida State right. in Tallahassee. And he was, he was retired. And he was living there, but he had coached a lot of 400 meter hurdlers. So like, legit, real fast hurdlers. Right. And she brought him in to teach me how to go over a hurdle because I had never done that before. So right. I had to start from square one. And it was immediate. Like, I just loved it right away. And just felt at home in the event. I ran 10:13 was my very first steeplechase my freshman year at Peyton Jordan. 
<laughs> wow, that's incredible. And then how did you decide like in the process of going from high school and college and, you know, being an athlete to go down the pro track and then to choose Bowerman Track Club? Yeah, I never saw myself like as a pro runner. I never had that like dream or goal for myself. I know some people on my team, you know, ever since I was little, I dreamed about going to the Olympics or whatever, but that was just, that's just not my story. I never um, saw that for myself. And so um, I think it wasn't really until my senior year of uh, college that all of a sudden, you know, people were asking me, I graduated in 2015 and, and the Olympics were in 2016. So everyone started asking me like, are you going to go to the Olympics? And at first I was like, no, 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 no. And then I was like, maybe. <laughs> and so then I had to start thinking about it. And I looked at teams and coaches and kind of the same way that you are, you know, when you're looking at schools to go uh, be part of the NCAA, I kind of did that again. But this time, you know, looking for a pro coach and a pro team and a sponsor, and then you have to find an agent and all this stuff that I never even dreamed of. Prior to running, yes. you had been a model all throughout your high school years. So you had already sort of been through that process of like, you know, picking an agency, finding an agent, like all those things, right? Mm -hmm. Or True. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was modeling all throughout my high school years. I had an agency in St. Louis, West Model and Talent in St. Louis, and then Will and Mina Models in New York. And so I did have experience with that. But I think, I don't know, track agents are just so different. Really? They're... <laughs> yeah this is funny I mean it's a totally different agency I actually don't have an, a track agent anymore I ended up parting ways with the agent that I originally chose they're yeah I feel like they're just a little bit outdated mm. they're like all old white dudes basically right and they're just not like they don't get it you know they they're just they're living in the past and I have no interest in living in that that, right, know, especially area. now. Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's just they they miss out on so much with social media and just with how you can market athletes in, you know, in the modern world. So uh, I now have a PR company instead, which I find is much more valuable. And then I'm in a lucky enough position where I can get into the meets that I want to get into without needing an agent's help for that part. So that's great. Well, I needed him at the beginning. I feel like I outgrew that. And I can represent myself in the track world. And then I have, you know, great PR company. And, and luckily, I, you know, I have good sponsors and stuff, too. So that's amazing. Yeah. So what is it that you love so much about running? I love a lot of different parts of running. I think, you know, part of it is just the simplicity of just it's you and you're just out there, especially when you're in really good shape. When you're not in good shape, running sucks. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're in really good shape and you're just yeah. like out on a trail that you love and the weather's nice and your body is just flowing and moving and you're not even trying, but you're going pretty quick and it feels natural and easy and you know like just that feeling of like this is great and this is what I was made to do and it feels normal and and natural I think there's just something so simple about it you don't need anyone else you know it's nice to have running buddies and all that stuff but it's just you and you're out on a trail in the woods and it's just really peaceful and meditative I have a lot I solve a lot of my my biggest problems on, you know, on a nice solo long run. So I love that part about it. So and you like doing, you like long runs and trail running? 
Uh, I like medium long runs. Okay, like, right. Let's it's not get carried away with like <laughs> two hour long runs. No, but, like an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, that's a, that's a sweet spot. Anything okay. over that is too long. Yeah. But it, and and the other thing I, I would say that I love about running that I've come to love as I've gotten a little older and become a pro and and recognize kind of the power that I have as a pro athlete and just the influence and, you know, young girls and who are running in the sport look up to me and they follow me and they're looking to me to be a role model and an example and they want to do what I do. And I never thought that I would have that power be in that position by following the sport of running or by pursuing a career as a runner. Like I would never would have guessed that, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's really funny. I'm like, whoa, I find myself in this position and I did not see that coming, but I've definitely come to appreciate it, especially in the last few years and appreciating like all the messages that I get in social media. And um, when I go to races, like I go to USA's and I finish third for like the fourth year in a row, which really pisses me off. <laughs> but there's all these little girls with like signs and they have their hair braided and they have my photo printed out and they're, you know, going to my autograph and they don't care that I was third or, no. you know, that yeah. it's like, they're so pumped that I'm there and they I follow the whole thing and they're fast braid Friday fans and they, you know, they're just psyched to see me and to meet me. And then I'm like, this is amazing. Like it's just such a unique, just ability to be able to connect with people in a way that is really meaningful that uh, that's the other part about running that I really love that was unexpected when you're doing what you do you're really focused on what you're doing right so you don't really think right. about how other people outside of you are, are interacting right with or, that. or yeah. observing you and then I mean I've experienced that in my career too like where someone will give me a compliment or thank me and I'm like for what like I don't yeah you know it's like a, it's a very surreal feeling and then it's like super powerful that you're making a difference mm -hmm. and that mm -hmm. you know so you've inspired someone yeah yeah it's a great great feeling what are some of the life lessons that you've taken from running and training that mm. you might share yeah I think even thinking back on like races that I've done this summer and just in the past, I think one of the biggest things that I talk about when we talk about race mentality or trying to be tough in races, you know, I talk about that to young kids a lot because they always want to know, like, what do you think about in a race? How do you push through when it gets hard? And, you know, everyone has those negative voices in their head that say, you can't do this. It's too hard. They're, they're better than you. You've got to slow down. You're never going to make it to the finish. You, you know, you have to back off or slow down or, you know, whatever. Everyone has those voices that creep right. into their head, but it's a matter of just, it's not if you have adversity or if you have pain or if you have difficulty in your life and that is going to happen. Like that part's a guarantee. And when you sign up to do the race, you know it's going to be hard. You know your legs and your lungs, your whole body's going to be screaming at you. Like, that is what you signed up to do. Right. And so when it happens, like, you can't be surprised or and you don't want to push it away or, you know, reject it. You want to embrace it and say, yeah, this is happening. And I knew it was going to happen. And that's what I came for. And I'm going to keep going anyway. I'm going to figure out a way to get through this and get to the finish line giving it my whole self, giving everything 
that I have. And I think that's such a good thought for life too of like, yeah, of course there's challenges in your life. Of course you're going to have disappointments. People are going to let you down. You're going to be mad. You're going to be sad. You're going to be angry. And when things happen that you don't want them to in the way that you don't want them to, or or disappointing things happen, you can't just be like, oh my gosh, this happened. I'm so upset and you know I'm so mad. And, and that could be uh, honestly the initial reaction, but right. it's more like, okay, yeah, of course things are going to happen that I'm, that I'm not happy with. What am I going to do about it? What right. am I, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to end up where I want to be regardless of this challenge? And running gives us so many opportunities to practice that. You have in your career experienced some major injuries, right? And you've had to probably oh, yeah. use that mindset to get through those kind of mental obstacles and challenges. Totally. I know you talk about injury yeah. and recovery a lot. What have you done in your training to kind of overcome those injuries and get back on track, literally, figuratively? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, injuries are always a huge, huge hurdle to climb and a really good opportunity for you to do some soul searching and be like, you know, am I running just because other people are doing it, because my friends are doing it, or, you know, because it's something to do on the weekends, or am I doing this because I really love it and it's a passion and, you know, I'm, I'm dedicating part of me to this endeavor. And for me, I'm, I'm dedicating a large part of me in my life to this endeavor. And so, yeah, I'm going to get injured. Sometimes there's going to be, you know, difficult times, but I think that's a really good opportunity to sit back and say, why am I doing this? What is the purpose? What do I get out of this? Ask yourself those important questions because when things are going well and it's easy and you're PRing, you don't really ask yourself those things. You don't get that opportunity to dig down because you're like, oh, everything's great. Like, why would you take that time to figure out why and, and to really soul search? So it's a good opportunity to do that. And I feel like I've come out from every injury learning something about myself that I hadn't really realized before and thought about before or a strength in myself that I, you know, I didn't know was there. And every time I've come back from an injury and been able to get back into shape and, you know, run a big PR or get back to my old self, I would say, like, right. it just feels so good and so rewarding that you put in so much work and that it paid off and that you made it through and you believed in yourself and, you, you know, you might have doubted yourself along the way, but it, you ended up betting on yourself and pushing through it. And there's just no better, you know, feeling than that, than knowing that you overcame that challenge and came through on the other side. And you've got a lot of good tools in your recovery toolbox, right? I mean, you mentioned two of them earlier on the podcast, and you also turned to swimming. So tell me a little bit about that. Like I said, in the beginning, I'm a triathlete, and I've been running and doing half marathons for 14 years. And I've never been injured until I started training Mm. for a marathon. I'm, it is no reflection on my coach. It is my fault. I take full yeah. responsibility. But I wanted to go down that path where, you know, runners, right, and coaches and running will tell you if you want to mm-hmm. be a runner, then you just have to run, run every run. day, run, <laughs> run, run, right? Right. And mm-hmm. I was like, that sounds weird, but I want to be successful in my marathon. So I'm going to go and do that. But I love that you turned to yeah. swimming because I, I really, truly feel that swimming is awesome. 
for any other sport or activity that you do? Yeah, swimming was a really big tool for me in 2015 was when I learned how to swim. I had my first major injury as a pro and I didn't really know how to swim laps at all. Uh, I did not have that triathlete background and yeah, I had to teach myself how to swim, but it was the only thing that I could do that didn't bother the injury that I had at the time. And I've kept that in my tool in my toolbox. Even when I'm healthy, I still cross train either on the bike or in the pool, you know, three, sometimes four times a week in the afternoons. I run in the morning and then, you know, I do my cross training in the afternoon for extra cardio without extra pounding on the legs, extra impact, you know, and on my joints and my bones and everything. And I can still get good aerobic work. I'm still breathing hard, get my heart rate up, sweating, especially in the pool. There's just that added healing benefit of water where you're floating and the water is holding you. I just think there's really something to that. It's also um, cold, right? So it like yeah, it has that effect on your body, like especially after a long run. It's yeah. almost like you know, anti-inflammatory. Yeah. yeah, true. Yeah, and I think, I don't know, I think, you know, the old, if you want to be good at running, you just run is, it doesn't really work for, it doesn't work for a lot of people. If you're, if you have perfect form and you never get injured and, you know, your body's like a machine, then yeah, you can just run, 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 run and be fine. But for most people, you know, we have little things like I have impingement in my right hip. I have a little bony growth on my femur. And so when I bring my knee up to my chest, it rubs against my labrum and can bump against my hip bone. And um, yeah, it causes me problems. If I just run, 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 I get I will tear my labrum. Right. And so I have a ceiling that I can hit as far as like mileage and stuff before I run into problems. And, you know, but I want to maximize my benefits. So what do I do? Well, I just make up the difference with some time in the pool, time on the bike where I can still get good working, but avoid injuring myself because, you know, I want to be able to run. I want to be able to do it until I am very old. Right. I have a plan to do Kona at 90. (laughs) Nice. When I'm 90, I can't qualify until then. So cool. I always joke with Gwen because Gwen Jorgensen's my teammate now. And obviously she went from triathlon to running. Yeah. I always joke with her that I'm going to do the opposite. I'm going to go from running to triathlon one day. (laughs) I love it. So it's a great sport. I mean, yeah. So and then what are some of the other like tools in your recovery kit? Oh, yeah. So I get pretty regular like body work done. And that's really important for me. I do dry needling, just regular massage, sometimes ART, active release therapy. And then so that's like, you know, two at least two times a week trying to get someone's hands on me to work out my my knots, chiropractor, whatever it is. And then on my own, like in my own time, I, I have to keep up with my my rehab slash prehab exercises, stuff that I'm working on from a PT or from my different therapists that really target my weaknesses and the zones that are, you know, likely to become problem areas for me. Because it's never, you get injured, you do the rehab, you do the whatever, and then now you're not injured anymore and you don't have to worry about it. It's always there. And and so the minute that you kind of get lazy or think you're invincible, you're going to have another problem. So for me, it's really keeping up with the prehab before I have the problems and just staying on top of little things so that the little things don't grow and become massive season ruiners. 
And sometimes I'm better at that, at catching those things than, you know, than other days. Sometimes I try and push through things and I always regret it. But yeah, so then it's just like things like the Hypervolt from Hyperice. They do like the massage gun and you can give yourself a massage because you can't see someone every day. So (laughs) you can, you can give yourself a massage or have your partner give you a massage with that. And it's, you know, it's an initial investment, but then you, you know, I use that thing every day. Same thing with my Normatex sleeves. Yeah, I can't get massage every. Can do just from home which is really nice. I think I was thinking about getting the Normatec boots and also yeah. one of those massage guns because yeah. I feel like there's only so much you can do yourself, right? Like I take ice right. baths. I do myofascia massage therapy. Obviously, I'm not a professional athlete. So right, I just do it when right. I can, right? But I'm trying to take care of my right. body as much as I use it. Yeah. I know you're super into food and nutrition and eating healthy. Like how much of yeah. that plays a part in how your body is healing and responding and moving. Yeah, I'm I'm big on nutrition as well. I actually studied dietetics in school. That's my major and so I have like a little bit of a scientific background of it, but I also just have like lots of years of, you know, practice and I grew up in a household that was really focused on nutrition and um, eating a whole foods diet like we not the grocery store but like we actually cook food in my in my house like growing up not a you know take and bake oven frozen food kind of add hot water type of family and so I grew up with that and I think that's been really important in my career to hey yeah you got to take 20 30 even 40 minutes in the evening to prepare dinner and you chop things and saute things and grill things and But the food that you make when you make food like that is so much more nourishing to your body. And you take the time to sit down and enjoy it and, you know, share a meal with someone. You're not just like shoving food in your mouth in the car, driving to your next thing, you know, it's really taking the time to prepare it and enjoy it. And I think that is just so much more nourishing to our bodies and makes us feel more satiated, makes us feel happier. And just to share food with someone is a really special thing. It's all part of it. It's like eating good food, but also taking the time to prepare it and sharing it with people who you love. And that's how I think food and nutrition should be. Food is fuel, but, you know, it's more than just putting gas in a car, you know, it's, it's a process and it's an enjoyment too. Right. You love cooking and on your website, you have recipes and yeah, I know that you run in the mornings. What is your go-to breakfast pre-run oh, breakfast yeah. and how soon do you eat that before you run? Sure. My pre-run breakfast is usually oatmeal and in 2020, beginning of the year, I started making savory oatmeal, which was a total game changer. I put it as a IGTV video, my recipe for savory oats. It's super yummy. And it's just like a different twist on oatmeal. Okay. Steel cut oats and sweet potatoes is the base. And then I add like 
avocado and roasted beets and a fried egg and some roasted chickpeas and some nutritional yeast. And I just make it a whole savory, yummy goodness bowl. Before you run, um, you eat that? I, yeah, I have oh that before I run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like a while. Like, I like eat four hours. Seven and I yeah. run it. No, like, like two hours okay. before I do like a normal run. I usually try and eat like three to four hours before a big workout or a race. But if I'm just like going on a normal run, an hour and a half or two hours is enough time. Yeah. And then does that change like during like, do you eat a different way during race week? Like when you're preparing for a big event? Oh, no. Yeah, I think that's the whole point is that you just keep it the same race week. Don't try and try something new, do something you never normally would do. Race week, you're just doing everything just the way that you practice. Like don't get complicated, get fancy with it. You're on the home stretch. Like that's just like don't mess it up time. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Three last things. Sure. Fast Braid Friday. Fast Braid Friday is my movement on Instagram where I braid my hair for hard workouts and races. And the whole idea is that braiding my hair makes me feel confident and powerful and fast. So it's all about the way that the braid makes you feel. It gives you confidence. I love and it. And I love, yeah, I just like love posting about that. And, and other people will use the hashtag and, and post about their braids and what they did in their braids. And it's been really fun. That's awesome. And Steeple Squigs. Yes, yeah, Steeple Squigs was. So Squigs was one of my nicknames in college that uh, my teammates and coaches used to call me. And then Steeplechase is my event. So I just put them together and made Steeple Squigs. Super clever. Pie. <laughs> Pi is my dog. She's a year and a half old Bernie's Mountain dog. She is the love of my life. I never knew that a little furry dog could bring so much joy and happiness. But I walk in the door, you know, it might be might have been a crappy workout or just a hard day, and I walk in the door and she is over the moon to see me, like tail wagging jumping up on me, like whimpering with joy that I came home after being gone for two hours, you know, just like, I'm so glad you're back. (laughs) And I just immediately like forget about whatever the heck I was worried about. And I just love on her and she's amazing. Is she running with you at all? She has done a couple runs with me. She did not seem to enjoy them very much. (laughs) She's got a lot of hair and she's about 75 pounds. She's not really made to run but um yeah I took her on like a two or three mile run and I would say she survived but she maybe not maybe didn't love it very much well this has been super awesome I'm so psyched that we connected yes thanks for having me thanks Marnie thanks again for tuning in to Marnie on the move if you like what you hear leave us a five-star review in Apple Podcasts follow us on social at Marnie on the move for Facebook and Instagram and Marnie Salop on Twitter. Head over to our website, MarnieOnTheMove.com for more info on this episode, links in the show notes, and of course, sign up for our quarterly newsletter, The Download, to get updates, deals, giveaways, and information on future events for 2019. I want to hear from you. Email me, MarnieOnTheMove1 at gmail.com and let me know what you're enjoying what you want to hear more of. If you have questions for our guests, just reach out. 